Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tent Talks. I'm your host, Stacey Nelson, and I'm happy to have you. Today, we are going to talk about the subconscious and the conscious self and bridging that gap so that we can express our true self and really show up in the world and in humanity as our soul and not as the programming that we were introduced to in our early years. So let me back up and tell you a little bit about why I'm thinking to talk about this today, why I was putting this information together and kind of the pathway to getting there. The wars going on right now in the Middle East are really challenging and they're really troubling. And sometimes it gets so intense that we look away and that we just ignore it because we can't think about that. It's very dysregulating, it's tragic, and it's devastating. And sometimes we also turn away because we don't know what is the right thing, or it feels like we would have to do a bunch of historical research and understanding culturally what's going on. And it also feels like we would need to know more context because people, I don't know if you've been listening to the news, there's this narrative that it's a complicated, it's a several generation, thousand year old struggle. There's so many cultural things that make it so complicated. And while that can be true, another thing can also be true. And that is that it's simple in the sense that there are people that are suffering that don't need to be suffering and there are war crimes and there's a genocide happening and we can make it stop. We can make it stop because our voice is very powerful and because information is now very accessible. Like there are people in Palestine that have been showing videos. There are people in Israel who have been showing videos and so the more that we speak and the more that we use our power as individuals by spreading information, we can actually change the narrative and we can influence our politicians and our world leaders to start shifting their tune because people's lives do matter. But I was thinking about some of the reasons why people won't share and won't speak up. And I think a lot of it has to do with like risking being wrong or feeling pulled in several directions. And I know a lot about being pulled in different directions because, of course, I've said this on the podcast a lot that I was raised Mormon. And I come from multiple generations of Mormons on my mother's side, not as far back on my father's side, but still by the time I was born, a couple of generations into Mormonism. And so it's very subconscious. It's in my DNA. It's in how people are communicating to each other, how people are teaching information, the languaging that I grew up hearing that informed how I speak and how I put thoughts together. That is all the work that is done subconsciously as a small child. 
I was thinking about this in context of my young self. If my young self was in school and learning about the war or just talking about local politics, because I remember, you know, that happening at elementary school and we would kind of weigh in and talk about what was going on and what we thought about it. And I was thinking, I, I know what my young self would have thought. And I know what my young self, that pattern of thinking would have been. And this is how you can tell if it's programming or if it's really coming directly from your soul, because you have to jump back to your eight, your seven, your eight-year-old self, because that is when you are truly speaking the language of your community and of the people who are raising you because you're really trying to fit in and learn the rules. And you can learn about this progression of brain development from like just biology, psychology, all of these things support at that age of brain development of the brain's growth. That's when you're really reflecting the values that are being instilled from your community and from the people that you're growing up with. And because of the need to survive and to fit in and to have a community and belong, we take on those belief systems really strong. And that's why you'll find seven or eight-year-olds really concerned about rules and wanting to know the rules is it's really what's happening biologically as a survival mechanism. And so I was thinking, what would my seven or eight-year-old self think about this war? And what would be the logical thought pattern of that thought? And my seven or eight-year-old self would have said, well, Israel is the chosen land, and those are the chosen people. And so God is doing what God does, and that is like lifting up the chosen people. And so it's absolutely right that Israel is acting so violently because it's not about the violence, it's about God's will. And so that's what my eight-year-old self would have thought and would have believed. And my adult self now knows that that's untrue and knows that that's inaccurate and knows what war crimes are and knows what suffering is like and knows what genocide is and can articulate things a little bit differently. But it's important to go back to that young self and know what that young self would have wanted and follow that trail of thinking because Mormonism followed that exact same trail, that we are the chosen people and that we came into this valley of Utah and we murdered a lot of indigenous people. And that was because God wanted Mormons to be here and thrive. And so their lives weren't as important as our lives, the chosen people. But then that's also the history of America because like the settlers came here because they were seeking freedom, but it, it was also religious freedom. And it was also like, you know, their God given right. And so this message has been 
programmed into me from the history of my country, the history of my religion. And then it informs how I see the world and how I see humanity. And when I can scale back and recognize that programming and that oppression and the subjugation of people and the destruction of people, it can help me untangle myself from those harmful beliefs. Because what happens when I ignore my voice, my self-expression, my truth, and my ability to speak my mind, what happens is I get this internal pressure and this cognitive dissonance that grows, and it creates stress in the body because the self really longs to be expressed. But it can't do that if it doesn't have a route to itself, if there's not a relationship with the self. It's very hard to get to that place of really finding your voice. And we can spend our life just regurgitating propaganda and programming that was literally put into our brain before the age of eight. We can do that. But if it does not align with who you are as a soul, it will start to create so much pressure and illness in the body. And you will start to feel the result of that as actual disease. And it's because not everything we learned as children really resonates with who we are as a person. And if you're lucky to be raised outside of a, I guess, I mean, I'll call Mormonism a cult because that's what I believe it to be. If you're raised outside of a cult, then you're already leap years ahead of learning critical thinking skills, of learning how to find out what is right for you. But if you weren't so lucky, like most of the people that I know, then we have to go through a very arduous process of figuring out what we actually believe and figuring out that we have a self and that self has an identity and that is separate from our programming. But it takes so much deliberate time to deconstruct and you have to find those threads of why you actually think or believe something, and then you have to trail it back to why you would think that way. And so having the belief that God chooses certain groups of people, and having the belief that some lives are not as important as other lives, and that it's okay to sacrifice people, to kill people, or to subjugate people so that other people can thrive, that comes through a lineage of white supremacy, and it comes through a lens of Christianity for me. And so I've had to really consider those lessons in religion and those lessons that came through government and patriotism, and I've had to undo all of that so that I can see a situation and that I can know for sure the truth in my body, how I feel about that. And it's also interesting 
now that we have so much technology and that everybody basically has a little computer in their hand and they can share information. It's really, really beautiful to see that most of Israel does not want what's happening. And it's comparable to an offshoot of radical beliefs here, like say, a Ku Klux Klan group, and the whole United States being represented with that belief system, or being attacked because of that belief system. Like there are so many more people who do not resonate with that. There are so many more people living in the United States who don't want that. And that is the power of the individual is to use your voice to speak. Because we've seen in the last week, we have seen in the last week, our leadership, our political leadership speak in more compassion to Palestine to represent the people's voice because of the overwhelming pressure of the people speaking out on their platforms, speaking out. They can't delete our voice faster than we can put it up. And so it's very important to start using your voice on whatever platform that you have access to, because it's literally changing the world. And we're seeing that in real time right now. It's important to find your voice, and that can be really difficult if your voice was silenced so that you could just regurgitate the voices of your ancestors, or of an ideology or a religion or a program that you were born into. And the fastest way to find your voice is to find your body. And you find your body and you connect with your body and you start listening to your body because your body's giving you the cues. It's telling you, I like this. I don't like that. And it's very subtle at first because maybe you've just ignored it your whole life because you've been living off of your subconscious and what you were told to believe. And so when you start coming into your own beliefs and you start coming into your own way of living that's true to you, it's going to feel kind of subtle at first because you may have been ignoring yourself your whole life. But start really easy. Start with things that are low stakes. What do I want to look like? How do I want to dress today? What kind of food do I want to feed my body? What kind of movement feels good for my body? There are certain choices that we all make every day. But if instead of going off of just robot brain or pattern brain, just throw a wrench in the pattern a little bit. Just ask yourself first, what do I want? And then listen and do the thing that your body is telling you, that your inner knowing is telling you to do. And it might be really cringy at first, and it might be sort of clumsy or uncomfortable, 
But the more that you do that, the more that you gain autonomy of self and expression of self. And on a larger scale, the world needs your voice. It's a resonance that is needed. The world needs your expression. The world needs the gifts that only you have. And when we hold back because we're confused or because we're unclear or because we don't want to say something stupid or be wrong, we have to learn how to get over that. And we have to start with really low stake things that just have to do with ourselves and our own body. And eventually we can get to larger conversations and eventually this will follow you to bigger decisions in life, big life choices. It will follow you to choices that you make with how you spend your time, how you spend your money, how you vote, how you show up in community, how you show up in relationships. This will all change when you start honoring and acknowledging yourself and your body's expression and your voice's expression. And your truth is rooted in your own soul's longing, your own soul's voice. And you just have to tune into that. One example that I think I've given on here, because I give it all the time, and it's losing relevance because of how fast technology is changing. But I'm going to go ahead and give this example again, because I, I think it provides some imagery that is relatable. And that imagery is when you're born, you're handed an iPod. And the iPod is programmed with music that your dad likes and your mom likes and the music that they're hoping that you will like. And your job as an adult is to listen to all that music and then decide what is worth keeping. I like some of these songs. I like some of those songs. Delete the songs that you don't like and find the music that you do like and then put that into the iPod and re reprogram the iPod with stuff that is true to you that you like listening to. But sometimes we don't even realize that we were given an iPod. We don't even realize that the thing we're listening to is even available for edits. We have to learn all of those processes. Well, okay, this is an iPod. Okay, this is the music that I've been hearing. Okay, this is how you take things off. Okay, well, this is actually something that I like. Okay, I've been listening to this one too long. Let's delete that. And then Oh, let's find some more music. Okay, great. I really like this. I like this enough to put it into the iPod to listen long term. Okay, how do I do that? And this is a thing that you're constantly doing. And it takes repetition. And it takes learning. And it takes messing up. And it takes a lot of music, listening to a lot of music that you probably don't like. But you'll know, it's like those moments when you when you hear a song and you know you love it, 
And maybe it just like relaxes your body or it evokes some sort of emotion, but you feel this resonance and you, you know, you like it. And sometimes it just happens in the first intro of the song. Sometimes when you get to the chorus or later in the song, you feel it through your whole body, but you know, you know that you love it. That's what reprogramming your mind is like. You have to first pay attention to the thoughts that you're thinking. And then you have to feel them and say, do I like this? Is this working? And then you have to figure out how to get that thought out of your head. And you get that thought out of your head by replacing it with a thought or a belief system that feels good and that is resonant and that is worth replacing it with. Because if you don't seek out that new thought that is worth replacing, you're just going to replay the old song because it's there. Because the song's in your head, that you'll just start singing them. They'll get stuck in your head. So you have to find the new song. Anyway, I, I hope that this is making sense. Because sometimes we turn away from hard situations because we think we need to have more knowledge about it. But we don't. We can feel the truth in our body. And if, like me, you were separated from your body because of early indoctrination that was just massively infused into everything you did, and so you can't really tell what is yours or what was programmed, do that little trick that I told you at the beginning of the episode where you say, what would my seven or eight-year-old self think? That's how you can distinguish what the programming is. And then you can find if there is opposition or dissonance with that belief system, you find the new thing that feels good. And you get out that old program, especially if that old program is hurting people, especially if it believes in the oppression of other people, the killing of other people, because that's not what the soul wants. That's somebody else's agenda for power and control. And I promise you that by finding the things that are resonant with you and by living in self-expression and living in your voice as the carrier of your truth and your expression, I can promise you that your life will be fulfilled in ways that you can't even imagine. Because you'll start to draw people to you who also think and believe those things. You'll draw opportunities to you. It will start to feel lighter through all this heaviness and darkness. There will be the joy of finding people who can support you and who can validate you, even if they think a little bit differently. Hopefully we have a lot of friends who think differently than us, but there'll be that same resonance of truth and support that can help carry these burdens to get us through the change because we are changing the world. And the change happens first with you and your body and connecting to your soul and being brave enough to express who you truly are in the world. And that's the message that I wanted to leave with you today. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Tent Talks. And thank you, Kimberly Mehmet, on sound production and editing. And we will see you next time on Tent Talks Podcast. Thank you.